Hour with Empower Living Inc. It is your girl, Athena and... Renata. I know it's been a while since we've been live, but I appreciate you guys still rocking with us and supporting us and just basically being a part of it all. So thank you so much for still staying tuned to JQLM Radio and the Empowered Hour on Mondays. Yay! Um, but as usual, how you doing, girl? <laughs> I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I'm just peachy. It's wonderful. Just can't complain. If I did, who would care? Who would listen? No. But <laughs> we just what? Came off a weekend of we had our virtual book launch because we couldn't do it in person. And um, let's see. That was fun. That was fun and interesting all at the same time. If you missed it, you should be able to go back through Ego Entertainment. Networks uh, website and or Facebook page or even on our Facebook page. I think you can go back and look through it if you have not um, yet liked or shared our actual book page. It is Adulting is a Trip on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, you should be able to still see the the live, what was it, maybe an hour and a half of mm-hmm. uh, us chopping it up with some people who joined us on on there virtually. It was a pretty good time and people are excited about the book. I'm excited that they're excited. So now we just, you know, have to get it together, do a physical in-person signing and get her done. So yay, yippee. We, we, yay. We're trying to get it done. I don't know. How are you feeling since the virtual book? Uh, I don't even call it, well, I guess call it book launch. How are you feeling since the virtual book launch? Um, I'm excited. I think I'll be even more excited once the books have actually made it. Um, it's been, as I'm sure you, our listeners and family and friends have heard us talk about how this has been a labor of love and very much a learning experience. So, um, when we write another book, we'll know what to do, what not to do and kind of how to move about it. But, you know, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for people to use it. I'm very excited to hear the impact it'll make on people's life in the future. So, yeah. You know, that's what, you know, my sisters have, <laughs> one has already sent me money and the other one said, where do I need to send it to? And I'm like, don't send it because I don't send it to me personally because I definitely want to make sure that for the tax purposes that we keep stuff separately. But since one has already sent it, I can't really help that she sent it. But, you know, <laughs> Definitely happy to have the support and um, to have about, I think we have about 50 books, give or take, so so far, which is awesome. So, And that's even before they get here. So um, mm-hmm. they um, should be really close by. So <laughs> hopefully they, they'll be here this week so we can actually do something physically in person. So that'll yes. be exciting. Yes, but, you yes, know, that's yes. not what we we're going to talk about today, was it? I mean, I don't know. We could still talk about the book because, hey, it has a lot to do with the topic that came up uh, for today's discussion. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know where Renata came up. But you know how our topics usually just come, to, you know, what we deal with on a daily basis um, or something that may have happened. So, is that what happened with you deciding on this topic today or you just... 
Uh, did something happen to spark it, or did you just say, okay, maybe we should talk about that? Um, that's a little both in. So it's been conversations that I've been having a lot during the week, and it's also um, it's also an activity that's in the book. So just to kind of give like a preview. But essentially what we're talking about are just kind of family dynamics and the roles that they essentially play. So um, I guess another way to look at it is the generational consequences, generational curses, uh, whatever you choose to call them. But just um, we'll talk about how how our family stuff impacts decisions that we make as an adult. So um, I guess to start off, for you, do you feel like do you feel like it was easy for you to recognize those family dynamics that have heavily impacted you? Mm, I won't say it was easy, but I think um, experience is the best teacher. So for me, I think over the years I've learned a lot of different things. As um, as I've said before, as my therapist has said to me several times that you know the fam family is not always who you're born to is a lot of times with the family that you make and so in my situation i have more family that i've made than i've actually got um that i'm actually close to that i'm blood related to which you know it is what it is but you know for me the family dynamic has shaped and has changed so much that my experience have taught me what that really truly means um just because you know Every day you live, every day you learn, every day you've come up to a new challenge. And so for me, I, the family dynamic challenge has, has been changed so much in the last five years. It's like, at what point, you know, do I even say that I have a true family dynamic? Because mine is like, it's ever changing and evolving. It doesn't bother me that it does, because actually, I think from my personal standpoint, it actually helps shape me to who I am. Because... I used to be really guarded. I would not let very many people in because I was like, why do I need certain things, certain people, certain times? And now that I've figured out, oh, you do actually need people. You do need outside people. You don't, you know, you don't need to rely solely on the people who are in your immediate family. You know, there's so many different people in the world who you come in contact with who can actually help you in one way or the other. I just have to be open to accepting those new people and mm -hmm. treating them how they are supposed to be treated at the moment. Not saying everybody's there for uh, a whole lifetime, but some people are there for a season. Some people are there just for that one reason to teach you a lesson. And, and I've definitely learned the dynamic in that. So I don't know. What about you? Um, I feel like there have been things that have that stood out and I was kind of aware of when I was younger. Um, I mean, I'd have had the words to, no, I did not have the words to say, oh, this is some of my family dynamics coming into play. This is some of the generational stuff coming into play. I didn't have that language for it. But there were things that I was definitely aware of growing up. And I feel like um, working on my master's because of the program that I was in, we did a lot of self of the therapist work. So constantly looking at how those things kind of came into place, so I think I became highly aware of it then. And just as different things have come up um, throughout the years, I feel like it, certain things peak more 
Um, yeah, I would say certain things peak, tend to peak a little bit more the the older that I get. So, for example, um, just even how kind of how we look at loyalty in my family, how we look at um, relationships. I feel like that has come up a lot as kind of navigating through a marriage, a divorce, trying to date and figuring all that out. I think I can see how those dynamics definitely come into play. Or even, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say in my family, the women tend to be very strong um, and independent. Obviously, I won't say that's the case for everyone, but that is an overarching theme and just how that tends to play out in my life, just even how I just interact with with the opposite sex, um, not even just in romantic relationships, but just non-romantic relationships. So I would say, yeah, those would be some of the, the ways that it has kind of played out in my life. Definitely understandable because I mean it's like you know the more you live the more you learn about different things the more we learn some things that the elders did we don't necessarily like and so um, is there some is there one thing you can think of or maybe it's a couple things that you can think of that your family did before like your grandma great grandma generation that you know that you don't want to do now is there something that sticks out to you? Excuse me, something that um, I would say the thing that I've had to modify is kind of how it's a strong woman mentality. And not to say that it's a bad thing, because I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all, but definitely having to, because I feel like I was raised by a very ambitious, um, independent, um, you figure it out, you make stuff work kind of people. I think sometimes that works to the, to the detriment of me. Um, I think people who know me pretty intimately know that I am definitely someone that's ambitious, but I try to do a thousand and six things at the same time. So that's where it kind of comes, comes into play in a negative way. So I feel like I've had to, I'm learning and implementing how to better modify that um, so that I don't continue to do that and don't pass that on to the younger generations of feeling like you have to do everything um, to be an adult, because you don't. You don't have to try to do everything and fix everything um, at the same time. What about you? Um, let's see, one that sticks out to me the most is that I, I think that um, some things that I noticed that people dealt with in my older years were you know, people who dealt with the man having several families. Um, mm. That's something that I did not want for myself. Um, and if I ever got married, I don't, I guess that's where I'm probably single now is because heck, I, I just don't want to date somebody with a whole bunch of different families because I grew up with that dynamic. And unfortunately my grandfather had three, technically four sets of families because it's like, you know, he had his first wife. He had the woman in the middle, and then he had my grandmother he married, and then come to find out he has another kid, you know, in there somewhere down in Evansville. And it's like, you know, having all that dynamic, having all that tension, having all that anger, it was too mm -hmm. much for me. I was like, I don't, I, people always say stuff 
to me like, oh, you can't be picky about having a guy with no kids because it's kind of hard to find somebody without kids. So I was like, well, you know, understandable, but that's fine. You can have a child. You can have more than one child, but at least have them with the same person, um, you know, because I don't want to have to deal with four baby mamas. And, and that's just my personal preference. It's because I saw how that tears stuff apart. I saw how mm. that can be um, drama for no reason. Uh, because somebody's always mad that so and so is not spending time with, or this person doesn't want to embrace you because you came from this person, um, this person's bloodline, and because they're mad that oh, daddy didn't want to be with your mama because he wants to be with your grandma. You know what I'm saying? So I mm -hmm. didn't want all that. I mean, that's one thing I said I didn't want to do, and I guess that's probably why I'm still single because I'm not hearing deal with all these baby extra baby mamas and stuff. Because that's just not for me. I just, I see, I have seen firsthand how that has affected lives and how it affects relationships and how, you know, cousins don't talk to cousins because, you know, this reason or that reason or how these cousins are not, um, you know, they're from a different branch and what have you. And that creates a lot of animosity and it creates a lot of drama that, unfortunately trickles down the generations because you know thinking of uh situations like my child could be encountering a relative and wouldn't know it all because we all can't get along or we all have not made an effort to get along or made an effort to be friendlier or be closer than mm -hmm. we are because there's still a whole bunch of bad blood from decisions that somebody who was gone, granddaddy been gone for about to be 20 years. <laughs> must oh, be wow. for, he must be gone for 20 years. He died in 2001, December 23rd. But somebody who's been gone for almost 20 years, um, there's still some people in that dynamic who still to this day don't have um, um they still hold grudges. Let's just say that. Now, mm -hmm. for me, I can I can say I've held a grudge too. And then it's like I, I know, you know, when certain people reach out to me, and I'm like, man, I remember when you hated me. Now all of a sudden you want to be friends with me, and it's like it's hard for me mm -hmm. to even bend into that. So that's why I know that I don't want that type of I don't want that type of relationship where somebody's got several families. I need to break that. I don't want, I don't want a man who thinks that. You got to come see me on Monday through Thursday and you got to go <laughs> here on Friday through Sunday. I can't do that. You know, if, if you want to have your children at the house, you know, we all be together. You here with your children. That's different. But you're not going to go play house over here three days a week and then come to me and play house so many days a week. I can't do that. That's just that's a generational thing I can deal with. That makes sense. That makes sense. So for you, do you feel like do you feel like <clears throat> that was tolerated because of the time period or you think oh, that yeah. was just okay? Think and but you think about it, every that that was a norm. You know, that was a norm that the man had several families. And, you know, you could have him 
over here, over there, you know, or he has several children by several different women. For some reason, you know, and it's still kind of around these days. I mean, it ain't, ain't like, like it don't exist. People still have families where they, they spend so many days with this one, so many days with that one. Some people know about it, some people don't. And it's like, that to me is a generational thing that needs to be broken. And that's in any nationality. Because you I've seen every nationality do that. So nobody can say it's just black folks. I've seen several people have several families on several sides of town. Because you even have those who are mixed race that don't want to come out that they have a mixed race family. They got a whole mixed race family over here. But mm -hmm. they stick with their race that they're with, you know, that they're born to. Um, in public, you know, they make movies about it. Now, if they keep making movies about it, that means it's still going on. People are still doing this. So, you know, inspiration for movies come from usually everyday life. So it's like, you know, people still think it's okay to have this whole thing. And then you got all these kids who are angry at each other, who, who nobody's mad at daddy, but everybody's mad at, you know, the other people that had nothing to do with it, but you know, mm -hmm. and, and then there are some who are mad at daddy that who are mad at daddy, and now he's messed up the dynamic of the family because he wanted to, or I mean, I can't even say he sometimes, sometimes there are females who do the same thing, but you know, that whole having to have several families and having to have several things, you know, it needs it's something that needs to be broken through. Um, because you get a lot of kids who are messed up, the ones who don't get to see the parent that's got the other family as much. They having mommy daddy issues, they're having issues with this, that, and the other. I think a mm -hmm. lot of problems could be solved if people would just, you know, break that generational curse. That one is the big one, you know. And there's people out here who don't know that they got <laughs> that they got siblings around the corner down the street. You hear you hear stories every once in a while about people who are dating their half sibling because mm -hmm. they didn't know <laughs> that their daddy was creeping the same. They got a half sibling a year or two, this, you know, their age or, you know, so many years above or below them. And they mm -hmm. said they were dating their sibling and didn't even know it. So, you know, that's, that's something that needs to be broken for real. No, I get that. I get that a hundred percent. So, for you, the I'm going to ask you that same question, but in a different way. What would you say are some of the positive things that you feel like you've, you've that was passed down to you? Mm, positive things that are passed down, I think um, being there for your loved ones, um, no matter how things shape out. I mean, you know, you can't always save everybody, but I think that helpful mentality has definitely translated into my life um real deeply because you know my grandmother always was helping somebody whether you know it was a, a neighborhood um person who needed some extra money to do you know who was real handy but they they needed help you know financially she's like okay well you fix this i'll pay you that's how we'll do that or are you really hungry? Okay, here's some food. But, you know, I need you to come over here and do this. This is a barter system. Learning mm -hmm. that, learning equity and bartering um, and learning how to still help people but not cripple them either. That's definitely something that's kind of 
been passed down because I, I've seen my grandma do it. My aunt did it. You know, if somebody needed a place to stay, my aunt would often let people stay with them. Um, even though they were in, running in the same circle, she still didn't let them stay out on the street. And there was times mm. I'd be like, I know y'all over here doing y'all thing, but at the same time, you know, you got five people piling up in this house and keeping them from going out in the cold. Well, she said, well, I don't want to sit out, you know, be outside in the cold. But she would do that, you know, just just because, you know, she didn't want somebody to be out there in the streets. So, I mean, that, that was something positive that got passed down to me. I mean, probably being too helpful to a fault because sometimes I have been super helpful to the point I've gotten used and you know you live you learn you move you move forward from it but um that helpful mentality that that village mentality of always helping to take care of your neighbors and being there for your neighbors um definitely was something that was passed down to me and i learned that from the street i lived on the 32nd street on that end you know all everybody on that street helped each other in some kind of way you mm-hmm. know we had a seamstress we had a baker we had a somebody who won't cut grass, we had the neighborhood mechanic, you know, we had everything self-sufficiently between 32nd and 33rd. Well, I'll say 32nd in Congress and, and, and even over the 33rd, there's always somebody travel that alley quite often to get something from so-and-so. You know, if you needed some bread, somebody would give you some bread. If you need this, you know, it was definitely that neighborhood village mentality. So that's something that I definitely learned. Um, from my family or my 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 neighborhood family, I learned that from from both. So, and you know, reverse it back to you. Positives. I mean, yours wasn't really a negative, I don't think, but um, a mm. positive that you can think of. <laughs> it depends on how you look at it. Yeah. I can see why that could be perceived. It's a both end situation. There are positives to it, but then there are negatives to it. Um, I would say kind of something similar to what you're saying is just the whole idea of um, being supportive and being like a servant to others. Um, I was just raised in a family where we you help and, you know, it is what it is. I mean, obviously, when you are helping people, sometimes you do have to be mindful of, am I enabling, am I, you know, causing problems by trying to help this person out and I'm creating a bigger problem by um, enabling this person versus teaching them what to do. Um, but I would, I would say yeah, that would probably be the biggest thing that, that at least the first thing that came to mind is just the whole idea of you help people and treat people the way that you want to be treated. Yeah. Okay. On that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back to continue on this conversation about family dynamics. So stay tuned. Hey there. If you can hear my voice, this is Pamela, host of Hospital the Tea, here to remind you that Ego Entertainment Network has a lot for your business. Listen, Honey, you need to get with it. Eagle Entertainment offers various services, media coverage, red carpet services, promo interviews on air. They offer meet and greet services, honey, not to mention other event services. You want to get in gear. 
Eagle Entertainment is empowered, greatness optimized. We're now booking and spots are going fast. Eagle serves the United States and all event types, honey. So if you are opening a business, having a store opening, a restaurant opening, and you want some coverage, Eagle Entertainment is the way to go. Call or text 317-886-0296 or go to eagleentertainmentnet.com. Okay, so we are back, back to speak on it some more about this family dynamic. I mean, you know, and I and since since we've been off air, not doing live things, you know, a lot has happened, <laughs> especially in my life. Um, you know, losing family members, um, and and ironically, the family members that I've lost are people who are not blood family to me. Um, but they treated me like their family. They they called me. One was an auntie. You know, she called me her niece constantly, and the other was a mother figure. She called me her daughter all the time. There was never a day that she didn't say that she had four children, and I was the oldest. So you know that whole thing. So and, and losing people like that, um, pretty close together. And unexpectedly, both of them were super unexpected. Um, mm-hmm. Were is just another thing that rings clear to me about family dynamic because it's um, it definitely puts in perspective life for me. Because every time somebody passes away, of course, you start to reflect and be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, mm-hmm. got to get myself together. Life is too short. Things of this nature, but definitely losing people like that. Um, within what, a month and a half of each other um, gets you to thinking about what's really important and, and who around you are, are important people that you need to keep around. Because in the grand scheme of things, you know, if, if it wasn't for some of these people who have embraced me as family, I, I truthfully don't know where or how things would be for me because it's like now that my grandma's gone and my aunt's she passed away about to be ten years ago. Um, I really don't have that close family knit that I had before. So now losing people who are my adoptive family puts into perspective of how family the definition is very fluid. It, it's very, you know, it interchanges. It can be what you make it. And so um, definitely makes me more appreciative of those people who have embraced me and said, you are my family. You are my loved one, even though we're not blood related. Um, so that for me definitely helps with the dynamic of family and and, and basically embracing new people into my life. Mm-hmm. So, with you having a daughter, you having a grandchild, what are some of the things that you feel like you're really working to instill in them? Because you, like you said, you kind of know what it's like um, with the situation with your grandfather and what have you, and you worked really hard to make sure that that was something that they didn't have to endure. But what are some other things that you, essentially a legacy that you're working towards with with them? Well, one thing I try to do is break the generational consequence of, of having a child at a young age, but that didn't happen. So since that didn't happen, um, one thing I'm trying to instill in them is to um, 
embrace those who love you. I mean, and, and cherish each moment with them <clears throat> because it's, it's, it's definitely um, a hard, easy thing to say, but a hard thing to do because some people do make it difficult to love them at times. You know, some people will um, talk about you in a condescending way or, you know, try to get you to do what they want you to do, not knowing that you have to live your life for yourself. And so even loving people in spite of that. Yeah, that's a lesson, you know, that my daughter's had to learn several times and, and, and just with dealing with people in general is that people are going to try to shape, shape you and mold you into what they feel you should be, um, feel and, and put you into a category they feel you should be in. But, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately it's your life. You know, if you want to be content in, you know, living with without a degree, living without, um, you know, going to, to college or doing something like that, then that's your choice. That's These are the things you have to do. Consequences may be that you may not have anybody to, to help you when you need it, or, you know, you may struggle a little bit more, but that's your choice, you know, and you have to be comfortable with your choice. And mm-hmm. that's, you know what I mean? You get one life and if that's how you choose to live it. And who am I to stop you? Because at this point she's 21. And it's like, you have to make the choices for your life as to what you want it to look like. I can't live your life for you. I don't want to, nor do you want to live my life for me. So, you know, be confident in your choices and, and know that it with every choice, there's always a consequence, good or bad. You know, you, you can choose to do what you want to do, you know, choose to be super religious or choose to be an atheist. That's still your choice, you know, choose to be, uh, plus size, choose to be skinny. That's your choice. But, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people are going to always have something to say about your choice. But at the end of the day, if you can live with your choice, then that's that's your that's your prerogative. That's your business. You know, and that's the one thing I want them both to realize. You know, your choices are your choices. You just have to be ready to deal with the consequences. Good, bad. You have to be ready to deal with what comes with it. So, and, and respectfully deal with things as they come. You know, you're not going, I don't condone nobody being disrespectful to their elders, but, you know, essentially when you have people who are always coming at you and you feel like you're being attacked, you know, sometimes you have to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, bring it back, you know, stop, you know, this is my choice. So that's what I hope my daughter and my grandson learn is that you have a choice, your consequences, you have to live with them. You have to live with your choices. So I can't always save you, so don't ask me. So <laughs> that's just my biggest thing, you know, because I can't be everybody. I can't save myself sometimes, let alone save you. So, um, but yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. Was that a hard lesson for you to learn? Uh, yeah, because, you know, I knew essentially that I didn't have anybody to save me from certain things you know I had to learn I had to deal with my consequences on my own and do things on my own so living like that and and knowing that I have to um, like when I got pregnant for instance I didn't look for anybody in my family to do anything Mm -hmm. you know yes I stayed with my grandmother but essentially when it came to buying and doing and providing for my child I knew how to do that I went and got a job I hated you know I worked at factory card outlet at the time on my feet for the last what three months of my pregnancy, uh, so anybody who's been pregnant knows that 
and actually it might even last four months, four months of my pregnancy. Anybody who's been pregnant knows that standing on your feet with a ball in front of you <laughs> and a, a kicking ball who's pushing you on your pelvis and is not fun. Um, you know, and it's definitely not something that anybody wants to do, especially standing up for six to eight hours at a time. So, um, in fact, your cardiologist did not play about sitting down. They did not let you sit down. But, um, you know, mm. I, I did that. I, I knew I had to take care of my child. I don't, nobody told me that I had to go out and get a job, but I knew I had to get a job. So I went and got a job and, and started saving and bought the crib, about all this stuff. You know, I didn't have a baby shower because, hell, I didn't tell anybody I was pregnant. But, you know, I, I still don't know why I didn't tell anybody I was pregnant, but they figured it out. I mean, <laughs> they figured it out real soon. I mean, but, I mean, essentially, I, you know, that's just something that I did at the time. I thought it was right. I dealt with my consequence of having premarital sex uh, by myself. I kind of just focused and stayed on task and did it. Not slighting her dad or anything, but, you know, in the beginning, that was all me. I did it. Um, mm -hmm. I dealt with my consequences and I learned that lesson. I think that was the first time I had to learn that lesson is that you did, you did point A. <laughs> now you have a consequence to deal with. You have to provide for this person, this human mm -hmm. being that you're about to bring into the world. And from that point forward, everything else was pretty easy. I knew I had to deal with it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, if you can deal with having a baby at 18. It, and, and, you know, you can deal with pretty much, I don't think anything, but, you know, now it is what it is, as my, my niece says, but, <clears throat> I don't know, I mean, but you have a, you have a perspective, too, about, uh, you know, even though you don't have any children, you have a godson, you have other kids that you come in contact with, mm -hmm. I mean, what things have you passed on or instilled in them that, you know, that you've learned along the way? Um, I would say probably the biggest thing that I want, I would love for them to, to get is just being okay with expressing how they feel. Um, cause I don't always feel like, I'm not going to say like in my family, you could express how you feel, but I feel like, um, to my knowledge, and I could be completely wrong. I think I'm the first therapist in my family. I believe I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, mm. so I just remember even that journey of, okay, I want to be a therapist and what that was like and just, um, you know, don't be a school telling all our family business. I have been, I'm always the one in the family that wanted to, one of the ones that wanted to know our story. Um, and so with, with my nephews, like, I was really big. I, I still am very big on using your words. Tell us how you feel. Because um, I feel like, especially with males, we we have a bad habit of shutting down that emotional side of them, um, which is crazy because all humans have emotions. So why should they not mm -hmm. express it just because they're a male? So just really working on it. It's okay to express how you feel. There's nothing wrong with being anger. It becomes an issue depending on what you do with that anger. And hopefully being transparent enough with decisions that I've made in my life that may not have always worked out for the best, them learning from those mistakes so that, that they don't have to make those same mistakes. 
it's, it's very true because you know it's, it's it's sad that um people are so angry about men having emotions and showing affection and things of that nature because then you end up having a lot of these men who who when they're faced with an emotional situation they lash out inappropriately end up harming or women end up harming their male friends end up doing things in general to harm people and then they're like oh well, what happened to him is this is his upbringing well i mean it is his upbringing but it no the society itself doesn't make it comfortable for males mm-hmm. to have emotion um which is sad because you know there was an incident with my grandson once that he and his his boy this boy at school they were their friends and they they would always walk into school together sometimes they would hold hands his parents thought it was so cute and adorable and then one of them kissed the other one on the cheek or you know whichever showed uh extra affection and the one of the parents saw it wasn't my daughter but one of the parents of the boy saw and flipped out. It was like, oh my gosh, you do not, you we don't do that. You don't kiss no, you don't kiss no boy. You don't hold their hand. You don't hug them. You don't do nothing like that. And we're like, wait a minute, you know, no, he shouldn't. They should not kiss each other. That's that's pure. That's okay. I understand that, but you know, you didn't have a problem with them holding hands walking into school together. You didn't have a problem with them hugging each other. You know now but you have a problem with them kissing then now you just need to re- and not they didn't kiss each other in the mouth one of them kissed the other one on the cheek i still haven't found out which one kissed who but um the the father of the young other young man who's in this part of the story got so angry and so emotional about the boys showing that they cared for each other and they're mm-hmm. three-year-olds literally three-year-olds who are learning about love and learning about how to express themselves to people in general this father literally basically made them feel like they were wrong for being kind and loving to each other and that was a hard lesson for my toddler grandson to learn i mean we we redirected him and and told him you know you don't kiss anyone unless you get permission of course we go into the you know, may I have a kiss? May I have a hug? May I, you know, we ask for permission and teaching him that, you know, we ask for permission before we do all that. It's still a hard lesson for some family members to learn, but we're trying to get them all to get on the same page. Like, hey, you know, keep in mind, we're trying to keep him from having any more incidents, whether it be with a boy or a girl, um, that he's hugging and or kissing someone without mm-hmm. permission. And so, that was a lesson that I was like, man, this father flipped out for the wrong reason. He flipped out angrily in front of, and it was in front of these children and other children, I'm sure. Um, he flipped out, and of course, the daycare redirected it. And of course, everybody else who was there redirected it and said, you know, it's an innocent thing. It was not like they were sitting up here making out and fondling each other in the corner. They legit were just saying goodbye to each other. And when they, they kissed each other, it wasn't like on the mouth. Or I, I know it wasn't on the mouth. But, you know, who whom and ever kissed the other one? Or they both kissed each other on the cheek? Who knows? But the mm-hmm. way that that father reacted with his, um, I would say he had raw emotions. 
you know, you could tell he did not, that was not something he was used to. He's not used to hugging and or kissing another man, which is scary because he has a boy son. So are you not hugging and or kissing your son? So it, and I think we do a definite, do a, do a disservice to these children when we don't teach them the dynamic of it's okay to hug and embrace someone, even if they're of the same gender. It doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be inappropriate, but you can still have love for this person. You can still hug this person. You can still embrace this person. You can genuinely care and share emotions for this person who is the same gender. That's a valid point. Um, uh, what day was so one day this weekend? Uh, this past weekend, I was looking at a video, and um, the father was having a discussion with his son about emotions and how it's okay to have emotions. And you know, when you're upset, how to channel that that anger in a way that's much more positive. And I just thought it was a very interesting, interesting conversation because, like I said, and like you've said, I don't think. I don't think we always do a fantastic job at uh, communicating emotions. And I think there is a number of reasons for that. I mean, I recognize that for some cultures, you kind of had to have this this particular front because it was a survival thing. Um, I mean, I have a lot of clients that we often talk about, you know, you're no longer in survival mode. So how do you live life when, you, when you're so used to being in survival mode? How do you shift that to recognizing that, okay, it's okay for me to relax now? Um, so, yeah, it, it's interesting. I always find it so interesting how those various things play out in our everyday life that we don't even realize is happening. Yeah, that's very true. Um, we'll take one more quick commercial break and we'll come back with the last part of the Empowered Hour with Empowered Living Inc. So, stay tuned. And be sure to follow us. I do need to say this. Be sure to follow us and like our page. Um, so if you have anything you want to talk about, we can definitely make sure that's a part of the show. So, But we'll be right back with more after the break. If you're tired of hearing the same music and content every 5, 10, or 15 minutes on air, then check out JQLM Radio for the realest, rawest, and most relevant variety of music, talk shows, and more. Start your days with a little bit of gospel and gospel rap from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then get into some hot R&B. Some hip hop. A little bit of pop. And some Neo Soul for the rest of the day. JQLM Radio, real, raw, and relevant. He wants everyone to know. 
right, so we are back with the last ooh, 10 minutes of the show. I mean, this show, I swear <laughs> it goes so fast. Um, it, it definitely just goes fast, but anywho. <laughs> Uh, in general speaking, like, what do you deal a lot with that? With a lot of the clients you come up with, like, not being able to deal with emotions, or do you find that some of the men, or do you find more women are are not easily 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 to talk about their emotions or to figure out where their emotions are coming from? Um, I would say it's kind of across the board. Um. Like I will say pretty much with every client that I have, we do have a conversation of family dynamics. Um, being a marriage family therapist, uh, definitely was kind of trained to look at family, look at how those various relationships played out and how that has impacted that person. So um, I feel like I'm, I'm constantly having conversations about communication. Um, Specifically, don't make assumptions or make other people have assumptions. So an example of that would be, um, I often hear, well, they've known me for X amount of years, so they should know. And the reality is all of us have done things that we've surprised our own selves. So why do we expect other people to know us that well? Well, we don't even consistently know ourselves. Um, and we, we just do a lot of things that we don't even realize where it's coming from or why we do what we do. Um, but then, you know, like just even that whole conversation of nurture versus nature. So like, let's say you weren't around certain family members, but you act just like them. That's not uncommon uh, for things like that to happen. And I think just kind of recognizing that sometimes we're gifted, air quotes, certain qualities, traits, behaviors that we may not fully understand, but if we kind of take a step back and look at Okay, I see how that's a running thing in the family. So like I said, um, loyalty is a thing in my family. Loyalty is a positive thing, but I have seen loyalty play out in a negative way um, in my family. And so kind of was very aware of that last year. Um, I don't even remember what triggered me thinking about that. But then even having that conversation with my grandma about it and just kind of asking like, well, how else has this played out? You know, the generations, both, you know, from, from your generation and before, how else has that played out? And where did this come from and things like that? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't see clients, but how have you seen it play out in other people around you? No, I'm definitely seeing it play out in everyday life. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, everybody who you can encounter has some sort of generational thing that they're bringing forward. And a lot of things that... Um, you know, you may or may not agree with or like or, or want to embrace. Because, hell, I got a co-worker at my daytime job who insists on hugging people. <laughs> you know, and so her her emotional connection to people is physical. And not everybody's a hugger. I, I'm not a hugger all the time. I hug when necessary. Or I hug if I haven't seen somebody in a while. But just walk around wanting to hug every day. No, that's not me. Um, not to say that that was something that was generationally taught, but I definitely hugged and embraced my grandmother, my auntie all the time. But, but I think for me, it's like I've grown as I've gotten older. I'm like, you know 
point, I ain't got to hug people 24-7, nor do they have to hug me. Um, but this particular coworker, you can tell her, her dynamic, her generational thing is like e emotional, physical, I mean, sorry, physical connection. And it's, and it's also connected to emotional because she's always like, you know, if you don't hug her, Lord Jesus, she will not let it go. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I had to tell her, like, I'm, I'm not a hugger all the time, you know. And, of course, that upset her and emotionally, her emotions came out. But it's just like, at the same time, you can't sit up here and count on me to, to have that same connection that you have, you know, that same thing that you had um, and, and, and embrace it all the time. Because, you know, yeah, I hug people. When it's especially when they're sad, if they want a shoulder to lean on, to snot on, I've, I've been that person, you know. But at the same time, I'm not Gary sit up here and walk around just hugging every, you know, hugging my coworkers just because, you know, the day has started. I just want to hug. <laughs> so I mean, I definitely see it every time I turn around. Like you see other people's things, you know. Like one of my sisters, she cooks a lot. She cooks for an army. Every time she cooks, she cooks huge stockpots because she's always been taught to cook enough for days we're gonna eat off of it for days nobody's going hungry in my presence and that's how she cooks no matter how many people are at her house it could be her family of four it could be 12. she's gonna cook the same amount whether it's for two people <laughs> or 20 people there's the same amount every time so you know i see it play out in people's lives all the time it's like their generational um support or whatever word you want to throw in there, their generational love, it, it all comes out unknowingly or knowingly. It just literally, because she'll say all the time, my grandmama would take a, a can of tuna and make it stretch for, for two to three days or maybe four days if she needed to with a family of five, you know, but that's, that's her mentality that she's taking forward is that I have to take this food item and stretch it to where it can feed multiple people for multiple days. And so a wonderful thing, because a lot of times I have food I don't even ask for. But, you know, sometimes she makes so much that she ends up having to either throw it away or sometimes give it away to strangers. So I definitely see it every day in people I encounter. Makes sense. So I guess, Miss Athena, do you have any closing words? Since I know our time is limited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got about what, two, three minutes left. Um, I would say my closing words are this, you know, definitely um, embrace the things from the generations that make you stronger. Um, get rid of the things that you feel are making the generation you're in now and, in, and can weaken the generation in front of you. Get rid of those things. Um, because you can be that person who breaks that generational consequence. You can be the person who changes the family dynamic. And, you know, if you see something that's broken, don't be afraid to step out and, and change it. You know, for me, I, I see a lot of things that are wrong in my family dynamic. I'm trying to get out of my own way and I'm trying to start to embrace to change those things. Um, unfortunately, it did not happen before my grandmother left. But um, that's something that I'm trying to change with my my household, my daughter, my grandson, starting to change the mindset that we have so that when Landon gets bigger and Landon has children and his children have children, God willing, that we have broken the stuff that his grandma, his Nina had to go through because I don't want that to 
to carry on any further. Um, and and those, I mean, that's just the biggest thing. Change what you can, leave what you need to behind, and, and press forward. What about your last closing remarks? Um, I would say um, kind of similar to what you said. I often remind people that if you are one of the people that are breaking the generational curses in your family, um, kudos to you. But you also have to remember that you got the people behind you saying, what are you doing? And the people in front of you saying, what are you doing? And recognizing that it is going to be difficult because you're basically trying to undo generations of habits, uh, behaviors that have been going on. And you're trying to undo that. And you didn't get like that overnight. So there's no, there shouldn't be an expectation to switch that overnight. Um, and, you know, I know we often talk about leaving legacies, but just remember that legacies doesn't always have to be financial. And if you can help the generations before and, and after you be better, why not? Definitely. And, you know, you always hear people say, oh, I don't want that burden on my shoulder. But you know what, honestly, if you don't, then guess who's going to get it the next generation after you. So definitely be the change you want to see. So on that note, let's see what else, what announcements we got. Um, please like, share our Empowered Hour Facebook page, also Empowered Living uh, in Facebook page, Empowered Living Inc. in Facebook page. Um, our new page for Adulting is a Trip. It is exactly how it is on Facebook, Instagram, and a couple other, I think maybe LinkedIn as well, um, a couple other places um, as well. So go to www.whatsforyou, and that's number four, letter U, publishing.com, and you can uh, check out the the book. Uh, to order the book, it should be up and running within the next few days um, because e-commerce always has a little bit of delay, but that should be up and running in the next few days. So um, definitely we would love your support. If you would like um, the workshop, generational consequences taught at your next event or your uh your church function or even at your job let us know because some of the things we talked about today are some of the things that we uncover and start to work on in that workshop so um we thank you again for your support and we'll see y'all next week same time same station and y'all have a blessed week have an amazing week bye, -bye. bye, -bye.